Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Jean Gallagher, financial advisor, founder of Seaside Solutions and Discover Rising Tides. Welcome to show number 36, Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. Through this series, we'll be talking with women business owners to understand their journey. And we'll also be hearing from Lynn Schusser-Williams, author, coach, and on in her segment on Rising Up. But first, today I'm excited to introduce Paula Adler. Hi, Paula. Hey, Jean. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah. And a uh, big thanks to Rebecca Hoffman for connecting us. I know. I, I love how we all get connected through different people. I'm, I'm glad to have you here as well. So let me just read a piece of your bio and then we'll dive in. Sounds great. And great. may I show one little thing? I have to tell you, I've been thinking about this all day. Yes, and I want to please. Share with you. So um for with you for your listeners as well and and we'll talk about this a little bit later about how i'm incorporating the outdoors into my coaching program but every time i read discover rising tides i have this great visual and it's very i'll talk about core energy coaching very uplifting for me so i visualize rising tides and it's really truly energizing so, oh that's beautiful yeah. thank you and that was you know that's that's really a lot behind it because it is we all you know rising tides raises all ships yep. so Yes, thank you for that. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, so Paula has over 33 years in professional service industry and has translated her life and work experiences into a passionate career as a life and leadership executive coach on the heels of more than three decades at Pricewaterhouse and as a managing director in a high pressure, high demand work environment, she brings the distinct experience and qualities of a natural relationship leader and coach, as well as authenticity and a supportive presence to the coaching world. Thank so, you. Who wrote that? Officially okay. welcome. Yeah, <laughs> I did read that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't stumble too badly. So there's a plus. <laughs> yeah. So so tell us, let, tell us a little bit. I want to dive into the pre, pre-coaching piece too in the journey because I love talking to people that have made the shift from corporate to entrepreneurism and as I did as well, but I didn't spend 33 years in the corporate world and that shapes you in a certain way, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But um, yeah. let's talk, let's talk about what, what that transition was like and how you, how you made it through, because I think there's a lot of people that, that are in the corporate environment environment and especially after COVID because COVID really brought out entrepreneurialism and many people are thinking, geez, if I could just, be in control of what I'm doing and, but I'm afraid to make that transition or, you know, how do you pull that safety net out to go all by yourself? So let's talk about that. That is a good preamble to it. And if, if you're comfortable with it, I'd love to give you a little bit of personal background before we go into the corporate. Please. Yes. It leaves 100% into who I am today and how I got to where I am. So I always start with my family. I am a single parent. I've been a single parent since 2001. I have two grown and amazing sons and now a daughter-in-law as of this year. Thank you. They're located in uh, New York City. Got two Australian shepherds who are hanging outside and a grandpup as well. And, um, and just a little bit about me, because I wanted to bring in the, um, the outdoors, because mm. it's, it really, uh, from a couple of years goes on, it completely shifted my life. So mm. in line with our focus today, I love to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to bike I ha- and hike and all my travel plans are, are kind of baked around that. Is there a place to bike? Is there a place to hike? And I've actually started as of this week to incorporate because post COVID, the outdoors into my coaching program. So I was fortunate mm. for the first time to meet with a client all day earlier this week in New York City 
we spent a lot of time outdoors and that was a real experience for both of us. So we can talk about that a little bit more. Mm. Oh, I'd love to. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And as you said, from a career perspective, I never intended to be anywhere for 33 and a half years. Um, you know, former managing director with PwC, I had an amazing career. Mm-hmm. I will say they were roles that took my soul. And um, and that was kind of the beginning of the transition. But I spent time in uh, strategy and operations, human capital, uh, risk consulting. And mm-hmm. now I smile all the time when I say, you know, I'm a life and leadership executive coach and I own Paula Adler Coaching and Consulting. And for context, um, I'll share who my clients are because I look my client in the mirror every day, if I can put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I support ambitious, and I'm going to go for air quotes, outwardly successful women and mm-hmm. now men. I market to women. I coach women and men who've got this inner knowing that there's more to life than the way they're currently living. And I raised this because that was 100% me at the Mm -hmm. time. And I support my clients to create a vision for how they want their life to look, even if right now it feels like it's going to be an impossible dream. I love when someone's reached a point to say, I need to do something, you know, is this all there is? And they're not sure what that is. I love to Mm -hmm. work that with them. And then we gain clarity on all the things that are standing in their way. There are a lot of things that stood in my way for sure, so that they can clear a path for their life and their career. Mm-hmm. That where they truly love what they're doing, where they feel valued, where they have a sense of satis- satisfaction and purpose. And I'm going to say a big and without burning out in the process. And that mm-hmm. was the key for me. That's what drove my change. I was getting burned out in the process. Um, and I, I liked, <laughs> I love my role. I love my firm, but they were definitely uh, roles that took my soul is the way mm-hmm. I put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of background. I'm happy to share yeah you know on the transition you know as you said so 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 the 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 things that really triggered you are you know your soul or regaining your soul right or and just and so how did the transition work for you did you say one day well I'm going to be done with this job and I'm going to do this on my own was it a little bit of a part-time into your business None of, neither. Um, door number three. Yeah, yeah. Door number three. And I'll explain how it happened. So as I said, I spent the better part of my career in professional services capacity. And it was a very high pressure, high demand work environment. And then single parent at home really strove to excel everywhere in my life, raising two children on my own, which was unexpected single parenthood. And then professionally, I was in auditing and consulting. And I had an outstanding career with PwC. I had great roles. Every time there was a role that I wanted, I, I was able to shift into it. So my career was great. I had valued promotions. My income was was great. And so if you looked at me, and this is how I describe it with my clients when we're doing discovery calls, the adjectives that people might align with me, both people in my life at home and at work were things like ambitious, driven, successful, resilient, you know, that word determined. And and although I long respected my firm and all the roles I had, they were really, really hard to leave at the door when I got home. And mm-hmm. also, as I said, I walked a tightrope of what I call unexpected parenthood, uh, single parenthood, mm-hmm. and then caring for each of my parents as they aged one right after the other. So I felt super inadequate. I felt like I was juggling balls all over the place. I kept feeling like I was dropping them. So if you ask me you know, how I felt at the time, I would have said overwhelmed, overworked. Uh, stuck, uh, stressed, anxious, et cetera. Is that and, what the, the, when you say outwardly successful, that's exactly what you're leading to, right? Or on the outside, people are seeing you as one thing, but internally there's turmoil and inadequacies in many different areas of your life. 100%. I really, I put it, I felt like life was passing me by. I, I was, I, put my head down, did my thing, my kids' activities, uh, caring for my parents, activities and family, 
I did a lot of work in mergers and acquisitions at PwC, very high, intense, uh, long hours, et cetera. I would find I would go from one year to the to the next, and my head was spinning. And and so, all that being said, I know that where I am today, all those things that I went through, like my struggles that were mm-hmm. inherent in that journey, have absolutely influenced who I am today. And, oh, sure. I call it the goal. I do an exercise with my clients called tell me your story where we look for the golden threads of their life, like Mm. the things that have been important to them or have shown up in their life all through their life. And I'll get to that for me, what those were. But I know that all the challenges I went through have really prepared me well for being a coach. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt like the days were passing me by. And I, and I say this to my clients, they all feel like they're like trapped in a tunnel of responsibility, Mm. no setting of boundaries, wanting to make a big change, but really being paralyzed by fear. And what I learned ultimately is that with the right support, you can really walk through those challenges and shift your life. And that's what happened to me. So really being able to walk in those shoes prior to doing what you're doing now really has helped you shape your business. 100%. And um, as I thought about, you know, you probably heard the the term ideal client avatar, you know, when Mm -hmm. I was, when I finally got to a point where I I realized stepping into this world of coaching might be for me. And I hired Mm -hmm. a coach to figure it out. I kept searching for like, who would I want to coach? And I I realized the person I look in the mirror every day, you know, that, that, that is who I say, I look my ideal clients in the mirror every day. Um, And so I really uh, didn't know where to turn. I reached a point, my mom had passed away in 2017 and I, I took a big sigh. Like I was in, I was at work and in between some acquisitions that we were doing, my mom had just passed away. My kids were grown, um, all that good stuff. And I got to a point where I just said, I've got to claim back my life. I don't know how to do it, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to take some steps forward. So I didn't know where this would lead at the time. And I ended up taking a course that was entitled Life and Leadership Potential. And it is run by IPEC, which is the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, where ultimately in 2019, I got my coaching certification. Mm -hmm. Several of my colleagues had taken that, and and it really wasn't about me going into coaching at the time. I had never planned to leave PwC. I thought I would retire from there. But I knew I needed to, like I call putting it a foot in the door of my life to, Mm -hmm. to figure out where I was, you know, the, not to be trite, but the who I was, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure who I was. I, I was a single parent. I was a PwC managing director. I wasn't quite sure who I was. So I signed up for the course and I really wanted to discover like what energized me. I wanted to explore what, what a fulfilling life meant to me. Cause I had back, I had put that on the back burner mostly when I became a single parent, because I was all in on my kids mm-hmm. and really wanting to raise them as if you know, we were in a two-parent family. So I really cl- uh, craved, I'll say, clarity on my mm-hmm. career. Hear the dogs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I knew that. No, was don't, don't apologize. Has I have one sleeping underneath my feet here too. So <laughs> yeah, I really craved clarity on what I wanted to do from a career perspective. I, I loved my career. I will always say that. I love PwC. I love my career. I couldn't imagine being somewhere. My father was at Quaker Oats for 35 years. I said, that'll never be me. And I didn't quite make his tenure, but I got close. But I wanted to figure out, I've been single, you know, since 2001, career, relationships, my life in general. 
Mm-hmm. And I felt like that life and leadership potentials training would help me just to get some clarity for myself. And, and also as a really um, good output, it, I knew it would help me with my leadership and my coaching at PwC. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can describe a little there. This is the start of the transition because it helped me discover who I was when I was in the program. And ultimately I signed up for the full coaching program in 2019 for me, mm-hmm. not with ever thinking about leaving, but the program focused on really getting, looking inside yourself finding the root of your challenges and what were, what was blocking your success. And I certainly had a lot of blocks, a lot of inner uh, fear, self-doubt, et cetera, examining those things that I call limiting beliefs, you know, the things that limit your perspectives uh, as far as where you want to go and the impacts of all those thoughts that we get into our head from our own life experiences. So within the program, it was to gain a, a greater awareness on how we think, you know, how we feel and based upon those thoughts and those feelings, what actions we take to do more with less effort and to reduce stress, being in, I like to say, being in choice of not reacting, but mm-hmm. how we respond to things in order to become the change agent of our own life. So I started doing that. You know, I started having that experience for myself. And at the time, I had zero desire to leave PwC. My objective, as I said, was like put a foot in the door of my life and determine what was most important to me. And as it turned out, I could not have uh, predicted this. I got through two thirds of the coaching program and I really, it was one exercise in the coaching program where we had to talk about like what was most important to our life in our lives across our career. And I did some digging for myself and I know across every single, I'm a CPA, I was an audit, I was in consulting, I've been in other environments. Everything was always about connecting with others, developing new relationships and coaching. Mm. Those were always the things that lit me up. So the day after the second module of the training, I hired a coach to explore what was coming up for me. So that was, that was the start of my exodus. And I still didn't know where it was going to go, but that was the start of my exodus. Were you surprised at that? What was coming up for you during that class? So I well, first of all, before don't answer that yet. So okay. first of all, I just want to commend you for being outwardly successful in, in the work environment that you're in to take that step to personally develop yourself, because yes. I don't th- think that that's necessarily encouraged in life, or maybe it's more encouraged now than it was back then, but to be able to have the insight or the internal, something internally told you that there was probably something else out there, but you just didn't know that that message was coming yet, maybe, but were you surprised at what was coming up for you during, during, while you're taking that class personally? 100%. Well, I'm going to say yes. Yes. Let me say yes, I was. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, um, I will probably have my colleagues from that program as life friends right now, because mm-hmm. we were all, we were all people that were, well, some people that came to the program were absolutely looking to establish a coaching business. And then mm-hmm. there were people like me. So two groups, those who wanted to do coaching, whether inside their organization or in their own business. And then there were people like me who had were senior in their careers who got to a point and said, is this all there is? Mm. And, and um, really had put their life on the side. And so I was, um, I was surprised that I I landed where I was because I, I love my firm. I never thought I'm still Mm. working with them. You know, I mean, you could do some coaching for them, which is amazing um, soon. And um, I knew I had to shift my life of various other things. And I'm happy to share this. I uh, ended up over the course of the last five years at PwC gaining 65 pounds. Wow. My mother was ill. I would be in the hospital 
So I would run to Princeton Hospital. The nurses would find me a conference room. I would get there at 6 a.m. every single day when she was in the hospital to see the suite of six doctors that would come through and get the report, would run to her room to be with her, go back, eating all that hospital food, you name it, over the past, that was mm-hmm. I was sedentary. And I felt physically- And stressed. And stressed. And I was still happy. That's the good news. But I got to a point where I just said, physically, mentally, I, I need to do something for myself. So- not surprised that I put myself in that um, scenario, mm-hmm. surprised that I, I landed where I was. And it was really the key was hiring a coach. I had um, explored hiring a very specific coach before I started the whole coach program. Wasn't ready because I didn't know what I what was seeking. And then literally the day after the second module, there are three, I just had this inner knowing like that it was time to, I call it tailor the rules of mm-hmm. my life and be able to take my life in a different direction. So I hired her. I worked with her for two years mm-hmm. across me opening my own business. Um, she's now a friend. We went to Charleston with each other last weekend and uh, worked on our, our business plans for next year. So yeah, we really dug in, we explored. Um, I had never focused on my values ever, mm-hmm. ever. And so we focused a lot on core values. So um, my core values I take with me and every decision I make I, I look to see that they're honoring my core values. We focused on if I were to move forward, what was that purpose I was focused on? You know, mm-hmm. all about the words, purpose and mission. I'd never done that before. Um, we focused on my uh, joy is my top value. We, we focused on my desire to live a joy-filled life. I was a happy person. I wasn't necessarily filling it up joyfully, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And Yes, totally. There, yeah. there is a difference. There's a drastic difference between the two. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And we focus through inner block after inner block, assumptions, limiting beliefs, self-doubt, fear, all of that. Those things that were keeping me back from stepping into my fears of, you know, of radically shifting my career and my life. And I worked with her from March of 2020 and uh, yeah, for six months until September. And that's when I decided that I was going to step into my fear and establish myself as a life and leadership and executive coach. So it took some doing and I resigned exactly 33 years from the day I started at PwC. So shocked myself, shocked the firm for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I no regrets, no regrets, zero regrets. Yeah. It's interesting. So hiring a coach and I've been, I've been uh, self-employed for 17 years, uh, you know, two years ago and prior, prior to that. And like, why would I need a coach? I don't need a coach. I'm doing just fine. You know, that a personality. Oh, why would I need a coach? I have other advisors that I work with and I can, I can throw some things against the wall with them or whatever. And then the beginning of last year, the same thing. I had this feeling, I think, I think I need a coach and I feel like there's, I feel like I'm missing a direction even though, you know, I have goal sheets and I have all of this stuff, I just felt like I was missing something. And so last April, March, I hired a coach and, um, and my first meeting was, I don't know why I'm here. (laughs) All I know that I is, I think I'm supposed to be here. And and I knew her before I had worked with her in the past. So I was comfortable saying, I don't know, but I'm surprised that what has come out of it that I just wouldn't have expected that, yeah. that there was some really obvious things that I had no idea about. Yeah. And those obvious things um, too. I mean, I heard you say you always focused on goals, et cetera. Mm-hmm. May I ask if those obvious things were 
those things like your goals or were they more what was lying beneath what they were the well they were about? they were probably direct connected to the goals but they're yeah. they're partly um really time management but more of a spatial management because i had a lot of things going a lot of balls in the air last year this year and and i was feeling very disorganized in my activity and disorganized in my thought or what I needed to do over the next few weeks. And, but I didn't, I couldn't put a finger on it. I just knew something wasn't, something needed to be done and something wasn't quite, quite right. And, and, you know, I'll be darned. (laughs) She asked me, Gage asked me some great questions and all of a sudden I go, Oh, this is what we're, this is what we're here for. That, That I call the sound of insight. You had yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, I encourage people to whether they're, you know, even if you're not in tra- transition, but if you're feeling, you know, stuck or you're feeling that there should be something else out there, what you do is so, so important. And for you to be able to have shown the journey yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so many of my clients um, have, you know, often I'll get I'm 49 turning 50. Is this all there is? And you would look at, uh, I started out marketing to women and and I did only, and I still only market to women yet men say, Hey, that's me too. And Mm -hmm. so I ended up coaching everyone I'll say, and, and it, you know, ambitious, outwardly successful, everyone Mm -hmm. looks at them and they get to a point and they say, is this all there is? And, and it's helping them discover that. And they, I love when clients come and say, I don't have a vision. And I want one. I don't even know where to begin. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I just started with a client out of Toronto and uh, we did a whole day session in New York City on Wednesday. Ah, so, uh, so amazing to watch her have these insights. And um, sometimes coaches, this is, uh, I don't mean to this to be critical at all, but sometimes coaches are very focused on goals. If mm-hmm. you don't get what's lying beneath, what's holding you back, your thoughts, those feelings, those things that are draining you, how you're showing up the goals don't mean anything. So really seeing, as you said, you had an insight with your coach, you know, what holds people back is Mm -hmm. what helps propel them forward. And when I just, I know you had asked me a question um, when we were getting together about, uh, you know, how is what my experience has been helped shape how I show up for clients. Mm -hmm. I really show up the same way. You know, life became more exciting for me when I really settled in and looked at my values and decided I was going to live a joy-filled life and being fully in choice um, focusing on how to respond to things mm. instead of how to react to things and mm. getting a hold of your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. What new thought could I have? What feeling would that produce? And then being in what I call conscious choice about where you're going to go, because you're always in choice. You know, you have a choice to stay where you are. You have a choice to make some shifts. So life became more exciting for me when I identified my purpose, you know, and my mission. And I support my clients to do the same thing. I say to create their life and design their life instead of living what I'll call a default life, which is what I was doing. I was going every day with what I should do, raising my kids. And that's easy to do. Exactly. a grind of every day. Exactly. So let's talk about the New York piece a little bit, if you, if you don't mind. So first of all, what, what, why did you decide to do this outdoors and what did you see that differed? What did that bring to the, the, the conversation? Yeah. And I will say first, first one this week. So it wasn't entirely outdoors. The weather was kind of nasty, but Mm -hmm. what we did is it's the first session I've ever done with a client in person, you know, COVID all on zoom. And my clients are 
domestic, but all over the and all over the country, Mexico and some global clients. So mm-hmm. Zoom is it. Um, I just put forth to her, I'd love to do an intensive with you as a client intensive is like, oh, I spent six hours with her. Wow. And she, yeah, she flew in and we spent time. I rented a space in Pure Space in, in New York, but we spent time outside when you're walking with someone and having a dialogue when you're out mm-hmm. in the fresh air. That's how it started for me. I have um, coaches that I love who are my colleagues now who are beloved who do walks in the woods, rain or shine. And I hope to get to that. So I'd like I love hiking. I like biking. I'd like to incorporate that in in my client. This was the first one. The weather was kind of nasty. So we spent time inside and Mm -hmm. outside walking and talking. We had lunch together, working lunch, walking the streets of Manhattan, having a conversation. It shed a whole different light on it. You know, walking in Bryant Park where the, where the holiday lights were. So that's just the beginning for me. We were in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. What I really am looking forward to doing is doing coaching programs with people that are, you know, Zoom predominantly, Mm -hmm. yet we'll meet up in an intensive, in a location that's lovely, like Mm -hmm. uh, a beautiful location. So that's my goal, not yet achieved, but uh, that's in my plan for 2023. That's fantastic. And so do you think that the... Part of the the difference in conversations is because there's no ceiling, no roof, no no walls to hold in your the energy and hold in the thoughts, and it's very much more open. Does that does that give yeah. space for different conversations? Uh, I asked my client that. What was different about this? How did mm-hmm. this feel to you? And I would say, uh, I'll just briefly say, similar to what I discovered, and largely on behalf of COVID, when we were in the house all the time, I live on the Delaware River in Pennsylvania, between the Delaware River and the Delaware Canal, and right on the other side of my development is an amazing big park with the canal, and you can walk. And what she described were the same types of experiences. One of my kids, my son's in grad school, so he came home when the world shut down and we would walk all the time. And that was life-shifting for me. It's like the stress goes away. And so mm-hmm. we started the day with some box breathing and some body scanning and meditative type of things. And then we, before lunch, went out and walked. It was the outdoors being fresh Mm-hmm. feeling the feeling the air. Um, there was no sunshine yesterday. In this case, it was Manhattan. So lots of Christmas lights around and mm-hmm. just freeing. It's like what I feel when I go for a walk when that's my meditation is I go for a walk and I asked her how it felt. And she said it was the words were it was amazing for her. She's actually just taken a plane. She's away now for two weeks. And Um, she's translating what we did yesterday as she goes out and starts thinking about all the things that we accomplished or she accomplished, not me yesterday. She's going to be incorporating the outside. So it's like Mm. over to her. So yeah, I'd say Manhattan, you know, it was the hustle and bustle. It was being Mm -hmm. outside. I look forward to doing something like this in the hills of Pennsylvania or on the West coast. Yeah. Mm, That's fantastic. It's like an energy. I work on for the, I have a methodology behind the scene. It's around core energy coaching. We, you know, we get to the bottom of why people are overwhelmed. They have self-doubt, try to get to the root of their challenges. Um, And that way they can reduce stress, you know, uh, shift their behavior more sustainably, et cetera. Um, And so when we work on that, when we go outside and we talk about that, it's like you shift your energy up, the drain goes away. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that, it, it is amazing what, what that does. And, and it, for me, it stops the noise. Mm-hmm. in my head and and it stops the the multiple thought processes that are happening in inside of here and I'm able to because when I'm outside I don't wear I don't listen to podcasts I don't listen to music mm-hmm. I I'm just outdoors and and it seems to 
there are th- thoughts that happen that might not have happened otherwise. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I noticed very clearly last week, I'm, I'm pretty good at managing my stress, but I had built up, I was going away to Charleston for four days. I had this intensive this week, lots of things going on. So I hit a stressful point last week and I pushed myself. I said, no matter what my schedule today, I'm going outside. I mm-hmm. probably walked a quarter of a mile and then I shed that mm-hmm. stress. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I shed it. I do listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts on a walk, but I do mm-hmm. listen to music. So for me, it's music and being very intentional at looking at things. Mm-hmm. When uh, COVID happened, we've um, been in this home since 1998. So 24 years when it was in the middle of COVID in 2020 and my younger son came home, he was 26 at the time. We walked and we said to ourselves, we have lived here for 26 years and we've never seen some of these things because we were always walking to get somewhere. Wow. And now we walk and we look, we look at the trees. We notice that in the fall, when the trees are, um, I'm sorry, in the spring, when the trees are blooming, they actually turn to fall colors before they turn green. And lots of things, a heron on the canal, where it was always um, a means to an end Mm -hmm. to walk that canal. Now it was, we were appreciating the canal and what we were seeing and letting it take us in. And it's amazing what you didn't see before. It is amazing that you could live in somewhere somewhere for 22 years and miss it all in this beautiful area on the Delaware River. Yeah. So what does it look like? So when you're working with clients, so the intensives, but that we've talked a little bit about, but what does a what does a coaching session or sessions, what does it look typically look like for you and your clients? Yeah, yeah, can absolutely uh, describe that. So the basis underneath, which I don't really share with clients, they can see it all over my website is core energy coaching. And it is not first focused on goals. It's first focused on I do an assessment an energy leadership assessment actually comes from IPEC, uh, where I went to my coaching program, Mm -hmm. that helps you look at it's an attitudinal assessment, not a personality test. We've all taken lots of personality tests. They're all very useful. This is an attitudinal assessment about how you show up in your life how you view your attitudes, perceptions, and beliefs about yourself, about the world around you, about the people in your life. And it sheds light on how you're showing up. Um, Are you showing up feeling like a shroud over you, feeling like a victim? Are you showing up with lots of conflict? Are you showing up as someone who can absolutely get things done and you're tolerating and rationalizing things? Mm -hmm. Are you showing up as a compassionate and caring person, which is a wonderful, very uplifting thing to be until it drains your energy, like when you're caretaking relatives? Are you showing up as someone that sees opportunities? Are you using your creativity and your intuition? That is open. It opens your eyes when you see that, because when people go through that assessment, which is about 20 to 30 minutes, and I do the the debrief and the analysis, they realize that there are so many things that are happening that they're doing by rote and without thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. unconsciously that they're acting in certain ways and that attitudes, you know, our attitudes come from when we were a child based upon our work environment. So we get a handle around that what might be preventing them from moving forward. And then we start to work on a vision for them. And as I said, when they come and they have no, all all they know is I am here, I'm successful. This can't be all there is for me. So we start working on a vision. We spend a lot of time on what could get in the way uh, to clear those blocks, the self-doubt, the fear. I love imposter syndrome. I always say to clients, if you're not having imposter syndrome, you're not learning, you're not mastering things. So we work on clearing those blocks and then we uh, work on putting strategies in place to uh, execute on their vision and their goals and live a life of purpose and satisfaction and without burning out in the process. So 
what I do, my, I, my uh, coaching program, I'll say is bespoke. There are certain things that I do. I do a discovery call with every client, which is a complimentary call. And we talk about where they are, mm -hmm. where they'd rather be if they know what's getting in the way and then how I might be able to support them. So it's got to be what I'll call a hell yes for both of us to come mm -hmm. together and work together. And then when we do that, I start, I, I recommend what a program is. So I've worked with clients for three months. I've worked with clients for six months. Mm -hmm. Most of my six months clients have renewed. And so we will do that energy leadership assessment. Now for the first time I offered that intensive. So I will be offering that as part of a coaching practice. Most of my coaching programs are six months. Mm -hmm. I, I work with them on certain things like their vision, like their goals, like their values assessment. I do something called an energy audit, which looks at what drains them and what mm -hmm. fills them up. And mm. we get very detail into what drains them because a lot of that we want to, it's not like you can strike things off the list, but we look at of those things that drain them, who gets benefit from them and do they get benefit from it? And so oh. clients make those shifts in order to have more time to do what fills them up. Do you and think so that, that there's, do you think that yeah. what, when you're doing that, this is the, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I did. Well, it's okay. I did mean to, um, yeah. what okay. I wanted to stop just quickly because the, what drains you and what fills you up? that that part fascinates me and do you think that people not do you think do you see that people are surprised with the results yes one the, the piece they're surprised with on the results are who gets benefit from it usually it's not them um who gets benefit from it and do they get benefit from it so what happens is when you have that double no when mm -hmm. they're not the name in the box and they're not getting any benefit from it they're realizing how many of the things they're doing are things I think they should do. Should do. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not that the goal there is to cross all these things off the list. I did this with my client in the intensive on Wednesday. We went through a few things and now she's taking it away to start thinking about it. We'll talk about it after the holidays. Uh, well, I'll give you an example of another client in New York City. She was caretaking and uh, my client's mother had passed away ages ago. Her mother's sister was older, an older adult in her nineties had no family and it was draining my client and mm. she had no help. And so it's her aunt. And it wasn't something where she was going to cross it off the list. It meant something to her, but she realized, of course, she's caring for her aunt, but she wasn't feeling a lot of the benefit because the way they spent their time was draining. And so mm -hmm. what she introduced was when she went to visit her aunt, she loves to read my client mm -hmm. and her aunt. She was going to read her aunt a book before it was doing laundry, mm -hmm. paying the bills and all these things where you weren't having any interaction emotionally mm -hmm. with the person that you loved. And so that completely shifted how she looked at that. And it started mm -hmm. to move to the filled her up list. And mm -hmm. she asked her sister for help, et cetera. So some things people decide not to do. Another client um, who was a friend who ended up asking me if I would coach her, we did a discovery call. We worked on her energy audit before she was a client because she was feeling very drained. She was someone who said yes to everything. And so she was on board after board after board. And when we talked about it, she had served her purpose on the board and she was having a hard time backing off of those boards. And so what we worked on was she made a decision that by the end of her term, she was not going to renew. And that was like a shroud lifted from her. So from one week on a Friday to another, she made that decision and she said it was so uplifting. Mm -hmm. So people are, you think you're getting benefit, you're giving, you know, you're giving, you're on a board and it was draining her. So she looked at who was getting benefit from it and was she getting benefit from it? And mm -hmm. um, it wasn't about her. And so, yeah. Yeah. So the energy drains, it really just depends upon what's on the list, but I start all of that before we go into visioning mm -hmm. because
because it will be really hard to execute a vision if you are feeling drained as heck, you know, every day. And so we, and we start working on fulfillment metrics. We all have success metrics. When have you heard about anyone having fulfillment metrics? So what are those things that fulfill you? Mm -hmm. You know, a date night, um, taking a bath, going biking, et cetera. So I work on fulfillment metrics right away to get them to shift their energy. And then we start working on their vision. And it's, it's just so important because especially if you're, well, it doesn't matter whether you're in the corporate world or you're, you're managing your own business. It's, it's easy to say yes all the time because that's what you're supposed to do. And it's easy to, to get into that, that, that point where you are, you're empty and it's very difficult to, to try to dig your way out of that without, without the right um, triggers bad word, but without the right um, understanding. Yeah. uh, Recognizing the, the, uh, the habits that, that got you there in the first place and go, Oh, wait, I need to stop and think about this before I just answer because I think I need to do it. So I loved how you said habits because on the energy audit, we focus on the people, Mm -hmm. the places, the things, and the habits Mm -hmm. that drain them. So it's, it's not, it's not always about things. It's around habits. It's around people. It also is about the people that drain you in your life and you know what you want to do about it. So we spend time up front, although we're, we're doing a lot of that energy work up front because that's how they reduce stress. That's how they connect with their, their purpose and their passion. It's really important to be able to shift and start having those shifts and having them be able to shift their energy, show up with creativity. And, and so it's, you can get around your thoughts. You know, what's the mm-hmm. thought I'm having It's real simple. What's the thought I'm having? What feeling comes from that thought when you feel drained and what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then I say, let's pull the rug out from under you. What new thought would you like to have? Mm-hmm. What feeling, how does, and, and they sit there with that, with their eyes closed, what new thought could you have? What are the possibilities? Mm-hmm. And with that new thought, how would that feel for you? And you see their whole body change, you know, their facial expression change. And then what do you want to consciously choose to do? So it's being in conscious choice of, you know, how you show up each day. Conscious choice. That's a great statement. You always so, have a choice. You always have so, a choice. Yeah. Yes. And I think that we, in what you're doing is you're really empowering people to, and give them permission to have a choice. To have a choice and to um, be able to shift their energy in a sustainable way, to be able to work on it all the time, because we all will have drains, of course, our life. And it's how do you move out when you get feeling drained? It's how long do you want to stay there mm-hmm. and being able to shift your energy so you can move forward in the way you want to move and then work on vision, work on goals, et cetera, and then implement them. Yep. Mm. And so for you showing up for your clients, right. And you, you've talked about uh, outdoors and walking and biking and hiking and things. And are there ever times where you just really think you should go outdoors, but maybe there's work that's pulling you down or responsibilities that are pulling you down or the weather is just terrible or, you know, the little stories that you tell yourself, how do you, how do you manage through that? Or do you just let it not happen? Me personally. Yes. So for your personal life, not as your, not as a coach, but what does Paula do? Yeah. So I had to create a habit and um, it it happened during COVID a habit about of walking. And my, uh, at the time, 26 year old was very instrumental in it because he, he's very focused on his mental health and his wellness. And so we would go out and walk. I walk every single day, rain or shine was pouring the other day. I walk. 
It may be 20 minutes because it's pouring, but I, I do a 20 to 30 minute walk every day. I walk midday. My dogs have to be walked. I have a park right here and I walk in the evening. Now that it's getting you know darker earlier, mm-hmm. I don't always do that. Um, I've got Peloton upstairs, so I do that. So every day it took me uh, several months to create that habit. Mm-hmm. And I work with clients on doing that as well. It's easy to fall out of the habit and then mm-hmm. create again. So I do that. I have music um, also playing all the time in the background, whether I'm coaching someone, you don't hear it because my Mac is, uh, but I've got music on. So I'm always walking outside with music and taking note of what's happening, not looking at my email before I go out, taking note about what's outside. And I think about my day and, and it just takes the stress of it just way down. And I, I get to a point where I want to look at the opportunities of the day. Um, I also practice a lot of gratitude practice right now. I think about when I wake up immediately, what are three things that I'm grateful for? And throughout the day, I add things to that list. Anytime I feel grateful for something, I add that to the list. It's very uplifting. I never did Mm. anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, well, you know, great. um, Having thoughts of gratefulness seems to surface around Thanksgiving where yeah. we should really be talking about it all year long, right? But it seems to be going through the holidays is a common practice to talk about that. But, but it does, it does, uh, it, it does uplift and it should be part of a conversation year round. Year round. I make it my point every day to send someone or leave them a video. I do a lot of video notes mm-hmm. or voice notes try not to do email because it doesn't have the same feeling, mm-hmm. uh, but I will craft a, a video, a short video, no more than two minutes. I might send it to my son during the day. I might send it to a friend. I might send it to a client. I might send it to a coworker from a colleague from PwC. And it really is, I was thinking about you and here's why I was thinking about you. And I have had people do that back to me and it just makes you pause and say, wow, you know, and it's, it, it's the gratitude practice. It's, um, it's really uplifting. Mm. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. That's what a great, what a great way to, to put a bow on a conversation. Excellent. Yeah. So thank you, Paula. I want to thank you so much for being here today. And, um, and I love your workspace and I love the bright windows behind you and how wonderful it is to be, be able to just to look outside and see what's out there. But I want to thank you immensely for being here. And I'm so glad that Rebecca connected us. And um, well, where where can people find you? Almost forgot to ask. Yeah, thank you for asking that. So website, uh, paulaadlercoaching.com, P-A-U-L-A-A-D-L-E-R, coaching.com, one word. Uh, Website and LinkedIn, um, search my name. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, also on Instagram and Facebook. My website, my LinkedIn are the two places that I focus most with clients. Perfect. We'll make yeah. sure we put that in the show notes as well. But thank you. Thanks again yeah. for being here. I love the I love the path that you've walked yourself and I love the fact that you're helping others. Thank you. That's my purpose. You know, it's my purpose is helping people create the life they want to live, create their life and live a life that they create, not a default life. And also uh, my mission is being able to help. I've got a million on my list, a million people uh, mm. move forward in some way. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hey, Lynn. Hi, team. How are you? 
Very well. Thanks. So excited to be here. What a wonderful talk you just had with Paula. Yes. And uh, I loved hearing it. I, I'm inspired. And now I need to go make some lists and figure out because I think that I, uh, <laughs> I need to go talk to my coach. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But well, it was really, really wonderful. I'm, I'm honestly excited to listen to the recording afterwards because I know that there's some nuggets that I need to really pay attention to. So lots of great information. Absolutely. Lots of great nuggets in there. Um, so tell us, what do you have for your rising up segment today? Well, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, every episode, Jean, you say discover rising tides is where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. And I, I've been hearing those words, you know, regularly. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to focus kind of on the maintaining life balance side. And you and Paula just talked about some of the things I wanted to bring up. And the first thing I want to say is this idea, this phrase, maintaining life balance. Boy, that's that's optimistic, I think a lot of people would say, right? There are plenty of people out there who aren't, main, you know, don't have it to start with, much less be able to maintain it, right? And so... When we think about that, obviously, we talk here a lot about how nature can be a great contributor to life balance. And this time of year, of course, the outdoors in different places, I was just talking to a friend in South Dakota, and they have like 48 inches of snow or something. And there are just times when uh, getting that walk in outside, getting that hike in, getting that time out in nature can be challenging. And people across the country um, have been experiencing that lately, for sure. Um, So it's important for us, I think, especially for us as women to remember that we can choose some self-care and we can choose some things that will help us reach for, claim and maintain that life balance, right? And whether it's, you know, um, the holidays are just over, whether we're, you know, dealing with a blizzard, whether the, you know, oh, I thought I was finally getting the kids back to school, but nope, school got canceled because of the blizzard, whatever it is, right? We have some things that we can do to really just connect us to this self-care is what I want to, you know, nobody told us growing up, don't forget the self-care. Right. They said, don't forget the kids and don't forget your spouse and don't forget your job and don't forget to make a good living. Nobody really ever said, don't forget the self-care. And so I want us to just talk about kind of three things uh, that have helped me really shift in this maintaining life balance idea. The first one for me is connect with other women in a supportive environment. So, as you know, like lots of the things I create in my business, I create because I want them. (laughs) So this is one of those, right? Create for yourself, if you can't find one that resonates for you, a way for you to connect with other women in a supportive environment. Uh, That gives us the opportunity to not only be heard, but also to give the gift of listening. Right. That that allows us to laugh together. It allows us to create positive energy together, to support each other. And all of those are wonderful ways for us to enhance our self-care. 
The other, the second one, you're going to kind of laugh when I say this, I think, is practice self-care. <laughs> so that might mean something different for everybody. We heard Paula created a habit of taking that walk uh, or two walks and getting the dogs walked and, you know, having the alternative inside when she can't get outside and all of that. But self-care might be meditation. Self-care might be um, taking some time alone. I practiced self-care recently by joining another coach's uh, six-day self-care experience. Mm -hmm. And every night we have journaling prompts, we have uh, a ritual, we have all these things. And it's been just a lovely way um, to kind of come back around to practicing self-care. So sometimes it's about reaching out and having that experience and then being able to put it to work. And then the, the last thing I want to say about this is create habits. You heard Paula say the word habits, create habits that nurture you, Mm. right? Not just habits of what you think you should do or not just habits about, productivity or not just habits about, right, all of those kind of things, but create habits that nurture you, right? So make a conscious decision to be nurtured. So those three things. And the last thought I want to leave everybody with is just know, just know that there is good in it for others when you take care of yourself, Mm. right? So one of the questions I always ask my clients when we're working on a vision or working on uh, something that they would love to create. I have some questions I ask them to test their vision. And the last one is, it's a trick question. Is there good in it for others? Because so often we think that if it's it's our heart's desire, if it's something we really long for, that it's selfish. Mm-hmm. But no, without a shadow of a doubt, That when you are fed, when you are excited, when you are lit up, there is always good in it for others. And when we remember that, then we're more likely to practice the self-care. We're more likely to reach for and maintain that life balance because we know that there's good in it for others and we're not just being selfish. So I hope that that is some thoughts that help us all rise up. And Jean, thanks for having me fantastic. Take care of ourselves so we can take care of others. It's beautiful. Thank you, Lynn. As always, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening today. Today's show was sponsored by Seaside Solutions, my financial services company. As a business owner, it's easy to be pulled in many different directions and often taking care of yourself plummets to the bottom of the list. For me, I find myself outside to reground. My time outdoors helps me manage my day more effectively and be more present for my clients. Through this, Discover Rising Tides was born. At Seaside Solutions, we truly believe that education is the foundation of financial wellness. Our primary focus is to provide guidance that is designed to help you achieve your long-term financial goals and visions. Working with a plan allows space for doing more things that you love, like being outside to make the inside better. If I can help you create or realign your plan, or if you would like to be added to my weekly newsletter, please let me know. This week's topic was five ways to set more achievable goals. Your referral means the big, beautiful world to me. And if I can help, please let me know. And thank you so much for listening and see you next time.